Hey guys, hey, we have KJ52 here. Um, KJ, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is actually part of the launch of our new podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So a couple of reasons why I'm very excited to have you as part of our launch here. Um, once you listen to this, see if you recognize this at all. Welcome to the NRT Now podcast. So hopefully you recognize that here, uh, KJ. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, so KJ was very gracious enough to let us use some of his instrumentals for some of our backing tracks. So uh, KJ is part of the sound of our new podcast here. So thank you so much for being part of the podcast, or for the being the sound of the podcast here, KJ. Just here to help. So um, also, like, I'm loving your book, uh, What Happened Was, and I think it, is really part of the story that we're trying um, part of the direction that we're trying to take this podcast is just telling stories, um, telling stories from the artists um, and where you guys have come from to get where you are and what's God, what God is doing. So I think the book really embodies what we're trying to do here with this podcast. So I'm very excited awesome. to have you on as part of the launch. Good, a good idea never goes out of style, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just following the master here, I guess. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> so um, I've been a big fan of yours for quite a while, and my wife's more of a country kind of gal, but somehow she's loved your stuff. I, I think that's just because you're awesome. But so <laughs> we've been listening to you through through our whole marriage. Um, the first time we actually got to meet you was at Creation Fest Tour in 2008. Um, I don't know if you remember oh, wow. that crazy one. Um, I do. So That's a long time ago. Uh, that was, we went to the Denver show somewhere around Denver okay. and okay. they had, we bought the VIP passes. I think they had you guys scattered across in different wings, you know, for the VIPs. And I think we're only supposed to go through one line, but I think we hit two or three. We snuck around <laughs> there a you couple. Go. Um, you know, and so, you know, went up, said hi and said, you know, Hey, we've been listening since, you know, seventh Avenue. And <laughs> you gave us a little bit of a look like, Holy cow. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I guess I go through eras and waves, you know, um, but I'm, a, I'm appreciative when anybody jumps in at any point in time. Uh, but to start way back then is certainly, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's ground zero in a lot of ways. And I think, I think your exact words were something to the line of like, man, now you're making me feel old. <laughs> well, if I was saying that then, I don't know what I should be saying now. It makes me graphic. I, I think you're catching, you're your second win, you know, you're, you're young again or something like that. I, th I think we can run with that. I, I'm, I'm with it. You know, um, I think, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it is funny. It, you really, as a career, I've noticed you kind of go in five to 10 year cycles. Whereas if you can hang on long enough to like year 15, year 20, you almost double back to the people you started with because they grow older, start getting nostalgic and they usually either come back and rediscover you. So a lot of people can't make it that long. But if they can, you kind of get this weird resurgence, which is perfect timing for me because everything in the last couple of years for me has been all crowdfunded. So those that I started with that were teenagers are now in the, you know, 30s, 40s, 20s. So uh, I timed it just right. And Christian hip hop is finally getting accepted. So, you know, before we get too far down this podcast, that's actually one of the things that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of where you see uh, Christian hip hop at now, uh, you know, kind of where it's going down, down the future here. Yeah. Well, I guess I kind of came in 
you know, at least from a label standpoint, I kind of came in when Christian rock was just becoming, you know, readily accepted and mainstream and widespread. Um, and, you know, Christian rap was kind of pushed off to the side. It was an anomaly. No one really knew what to do with it. Now it's kind of exactly where that was. You know what I mean? Like it's the dominant sound anywhere you go. It is the, I mean, I hate to say it, but it kind of kicked rock out of there. Yeah, I, again, I, I guess I hung on just long enough to catch that wave that now it's kind of like I can, I can be cool to a dad and his kid. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And um, it's probably just the growth of hip hop period. I mean, obviously it's the, it's the normal mainstream music period. It's not considered niche anymore. You know, whether it has the strength to maintain, I guess that remains to be seen. But I mean, as a genre, it's still very new. It's only, you know, I guess you could say 40 years old, 34 years old. So I was watching some stuff down through Twitter here. You know, Dylan Chase sent out a tweet, you know, I need all of you to retweet and so, share so Air One Radio knows it's okay to play my rap verse on Symphony. <laughs> <laughs> So many of their stations are playing the edit that removes it. You know, soccer mamas right. love Dylan Chase too. Right. And like right below that, there's a little at KJ52 yep. saying, Hey Dylan, welcome to the struggle of my career for the last 20 years. Yeah, man. It's been, a... <laughs> I don't even know where to unwrap that. <laughs> um, I mean, when I came in, you know, the blueprint was DC Talk. They were like, just follow what DC Talk did. And I'm like, I don't even think that's the same thing. You know what I mean? They were already doing rock music, but, um, yeah, I mean, when I came in, they were like, oh, you got to smile on your pictures. You have to make it palatable to Becky. I'm like, who's Becky? Um, they're like, you know, hey, let's do a song. That's a remake of something they're going to know. You know, there was all these, like, hurdles to be accepted at radio, and there never really was a formula. I mean, anytime I kind of tried to make that formula, it never really worked. The handful of times that I did get, you know, on radio, there was no rhyme or reason to it. It just kind of happened. You know what I mean? So, um, but they've been taking the rap part out of songs for as long as I can remember. You know what I mean? So do you see that changing at all? Uh, I sense the optimism yeah, here. It's, it, well, yes. and I mean, look, there's no question it's gotten better. I mean, look, I, I stuff that, we had to fight to be the one slot that they would play. You know, now there's three or four different slots, right? Um, I think the problem with radio, and I don't mean it necessarily a problem, is it's just that what radio occupies now is different than what it occupied 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So I think radio is trying to figure out what they're trying to do. And, you know, the radio used to be the thing on your, on your dashboard in your car. Now it's one of multiple things. So I don't even necessarily fault radio for trying to be super protective of what audience they feel might be shrinking, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, look, Jesus said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so is the church sometimes. Like, we are very <laughs> things. <laughs> no joke. Um, you know what I mean? So, um I mean, look, here's my thing. If you can get radio, it's awesome because you honestly need every bit. And I, I've never looked at radio as the enemy. Like, Halo's not the enemy. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's not the enemy. That's my brother in Christ. I don't look at them as the enemy and I'm going to fight against them. I would try to build bridges to them. You know what I'm saying? But things that I tried just didn't work because the market wasn't ready. I just met with my friends in Social Club and Fern from Social Club was like, yo, man, they just offered me a podcast on K-Love. Oh, I'm wow. like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I said, yeah. you know how hard I tried to fight for something like that 10 years ago? You know what I mean? And that just shows you that there is change, you know? And I think you should be a bridge builder, not a bridge burner. Um, but look, here's the other thing. You don't need radio anymore. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. It's just there's so many avenues to get your music out, you know? And especially if you're dealing with a younger generation, like they listen to radio, but it's nowhere near what it could be you know, or what it used to be. I just bought a car last year, uh, almost a year ago now, and you push, you plug in your iPhone, it has CarPlay there, and like radio is not even an option to even touch on the screen anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, it's not. I mean, look, you, any radio station you want to listen to, you can just play the app. It, it's funny, a guy at church, literally, a guy at church turned around to me yesterday, and he goes, hey, are you on Sirius? And I was like, I, I really don't know if I'm on Sirius. Okay. So, you know what I mean? Like, I had no answer for him, because I'm like, uh, maybe. I, I don't even know if there's a Christian hip-hop station on Sirius. I said, but I can give you some CDs if you want, you know? I mean, or you just play it on Spotify. You know, that's, look, we have a lot of choice now which on one hand might be too much. You know, we have too much choice. But on the other hand, it's like anybody can step up to the plate and hit a home run if they want, potentially. There's so many rabbit holes that you can go down and Spotify even. Do you keep Spotify as the example? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, uh, I, I and I tell young artists this all the time. In the music industry went from like, you know, communist Russia where you had to do whatever they said to now it's like, little tribal, you know, self-elected tribes because you don't have to do what you're told anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? You like what you like. I mean, granted, now we're getting programmed from algorithms and stuff, so I guess we're still being programmed. We just don't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that artist you saw on your Spotify suggested playlist, you're like, oh, okay, cool. You don't know that they program that for you to find on accident. Yeah, on you know quote-unquote I mean? accident. Exactly. They're sitting at a computer programming it in. So I guess some things don't ever change. So coming back around on, it was your 44th birthday. Um, am I right on mm-hmm. that? Where you released, yep. you know, what happened was both the book and yep. the album with, uh, you collaborated with Poetics on this one, right? Yeah. Well, the album actually had been out for a month. It was the book and then the audio book. And then I just released it as a special edition for streaming sites also. You know, kind of going back to what I was talking about the podcast, just, you know, telling the stories of where you came from. You know, when I first heard that you got on staff, you know, at a church, I'm kind of like, whoa, like KJ settling down, like going to a, you know, getting on staff at a church. Um, and then, you know, after after the book here, like it makes total sense in you catching on staff, you know, and supplementing what you do, you know, with your hip hop. Um, you know, I, I just love how that book, gives that perspective that it really isn't out of the ordinary for you to be on staff and ministering at a local church. Yeah. Well, I mean, I left that to do this. So, you know, it is full circle. I think there's some misconceptions about what it is. It's I'm not keeping hours. I don't, you know, draw a salary. In fact, I actually, 
resigned from that position uh, a month or two ago. But oh wow, um, you know, to resign from a volunteer position it sounds hilarious to begin with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, the reality was that this isn't really any different. I just think it was just one more extension. I mean, I, like I said, I left inner city youth ministry to do the music 20 years ago. Um, I just came from juvenile detention centers, you know? Um, I just, you know what it is? Again, it goes back to what I was saying. It's, it, there's a shift in the culture. You can be 100% you. It's just now what's happened is the, the gatekeepers are my age. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't have to apologize for being who I am anymore. Whereas 20 years ago, I was shoved off into the youth group side. You know what I mean? It's people that you've almost grown up with or yeah. that have grown up with you. Yep. Absolutely. The best compliment I ever got before I walked on stage to preach, guy leaned, because I was sitting in the audience, and the guy goes, mm-hmm. oh, man, I just want you to know, man, you're a great lyricist. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the best thing I've ever, that's the best pump up I ever got. <laughs> All right. Walk up with a little extra swagger. Yeah. Set your Bible down a little bit more. Yeah, carefully. exactly. It was hilarious. I was like, this is, this is great. You know, so you talk a lot about your beginnings in the inner city youth group in your book. Um, so let's head down that way just a little bit. You know, I read sure. the book. Um, well, Thank let's you. be honest. I listened to it on Spotify, the mixtape edition. Same thing. Like audio Same book. thing. Totally okay. <laughs> um, now that I know that the hard copy has like pictures, like I want to go back and like get the picture book, like, <laughs> I thought it was just going to be words and stuff, you know? Yep. Um, no, but, pictures no, and drawings, I, actually. Man, I, I'm going to have to get my copy now. <laughs> but, Prime Day, man. Today's Prime Day. Go for it. Is it on Prime Day? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Even better. Yep. Um, so you you talk about your early years are you know defined by a lot of insecurity, like your name, you know, the, being the yep. minority. So you talk about your parents being a huge issue. Um, yeah. But yet you also talk about how God was able to use people in your life through that process to yes. really bring you to the prophecy of where you are now. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's something that I was, me personally, that I was thinking as I was listening to that, you know, is just kind of, you, you devote a whole section to how you got to the name KJ52 and yes. just how your name was a huge part of your insecurity. And yeah, I was, I was on the road at the time I was listening to it. So I had more time than I should have been able to, to think about it. Um, I get myself in trouble when I have too much time to think on the road. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's just so funny how names are so he- heavy in the Bible. You know, it's not just something that you've dealt with, you know, both, you know, God has how many names that he comes through in the Bible, you know, Jehovah, I am, yeah. um, yep. But also, you know, how many name changes are there in the Bible, um, you know, from yeah. Saul to Paul? You know, it's just absolutely incredible, you know, that that's I, – I couldn't help but notice that striking parallel in between the two of those. Yeah, and I, and me noticing that years later, very similar. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You can always capture that later on. You know what I mean? It's always funny to see that piece there um, that you didn't understand at the time, but now you look back and it's like clear as day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I started the book that way. Because it was, um, it's a a very 
very much the, uh, you know, the bookends of the story. And one of the other things I really loved about this book was just how relatable it was. Um, like the wedding chapter, man, that was, that was kind of like my spirit animal through the book. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I wasn't sure if like you were talking about my wedding or your wedding there a couple of times. Yeah. So for those of us who haven't surprisingly have not heard the book or, you know, have read the book yet, tell us a little bit about the wedding day and the, a little bit about that wedding chapter. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, like I said, hindsight is, is always twenty twenty. but looking back, I mean, look, our relationship, me and my wife's relationship started long distance, you know, at the time that's a hassle. Then you realize like, Oh wait, no, this is like a really good picture practice run for what we would face later. Right. As far as the wedding, again, you know, again, at the time, you're like, this is not fun. But, you know, it is a snapshot of what marriage is like. Like, you have to adapt in the moment. You have to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, there's no blueprint when your brother-in-law passes out in the middle of the ceremony. (laughs) ceremony. There's no blueprint when the unity candle won't light because it's so hot in there. There's no blueprint, you know when the DJ mispronounces your name, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, you know, again, in the church that I'm at, that's the pastor that married us. He's now our founding pastor, but you know, him leaning over at the time and just going, just keep going. Like the best advice I ever heard. You know, while, you know, while your brother-in-law is passed out on the floor, while my brother-in-law is passed out, I, you know, and the funny thing is, even looking back, I'm like, I don't remember it happening. I just remember seeing her because he wasn't even in my peripheral. And I, the only thing I regret is that we didn't have that on tape to like send America's Fun and Home videos. Like we would have made a killing. Oh, absolutely! And at the beginning part of your career, that would have been amazing. Right. Exactly. So I mean, our wedding it we were supposed to have an outdoor wedding, and it started raining. So of we had the shift of oh, we had to shift the venue to our church. So everything right. was all last minute. Um, yep. We had a, a gal who was just absolutely amazing, but she was sewing the bridesmaids dresses and those didn't pan out. Um, I mean, she was, <laughs> she was heartbroken. We were heartbroken. Um, yeah. The shining light though was our flower girl absolutely loved hers and would not take it off. So it wasn't a loss <laughs> for her. Um, so we, we were calling around town and there was a store that wasn't even open yet that opened their doors and gave us a discount for the bridesmaids dresses. There you go. There you go. In the whole process of it all, my brother was the one that actually wound up passing out and just like you, I never even saw it happen. Um, all I saw were my eyes get about as big as saucers and none of us knew what to do. Did he lock his knees? Was it one of those situations? Similar? Absolutely. He was nervous oh, wow. about being up front and That's so funny. you know, knees were locked and man down. Man down. That is right. Luckily enough, man my, down. Dad, my dad had enough presence to just kind of slowly, quietly just pull him Drop him up. <laughs> Put a stick under him. You know, now that I think about that, that's what we should have done. Yeah. Bring a little stick. Once again, no real good footage of it. It's so disappointing. Yeah, I mean, look, now, what, you get married, you have a online invite, you have a, you know, uh, you, you announce your, you know, this is like a competition to announce your baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, like, in spite of all that, I don't think I ever remember looking back and going, today was a disaster. It was just like, yeah, it is what it is. Yep. It's a you good know? story. It's a good story. It wasn't a good story at the time, but it became a good story. So, 
we go along down the book a little bit. Um, you're, we're talking about your early years, um, just how tough it was to gain traction in kind of going back to what we're talking about. Dylan chase is just gaining traction in the Christian hip hop industry. And to me that that's very surprising to hear. And that's, that's a whole different story and a whole different aspect to your career that like I had absolutely no idea. Cause you know, I was always excited just grabbing the new album, you know, when collaborations came out, um, you know, so I didn't even have a clue as to that whole side of life. And, you know, it's just amazing to me to see what happened in the background. And you talk about yeah. um, getting uh, evicted from your apartment and just all this is happening. Yeah. While, you know, I'm sitting here enjoying your album, just having a grand old time here. Well, it, the thing was, you guys, like you were far, few and far between. You know what I mean? Like you were the anomaly. I was trying to sell music to an industry that, you know, wasn't, wasn't, you know, Christian rap fans. Now it took me kind of hitting that crash and burn to understand that I would have to change some stuff. And that's probably what helped me, you know, eventually turn the corner and help me like, you know, bring things to some sort of sustainability. But again, you know, when I came in, there was no blueprint, you know what I mean? There was, I mean, it was, you know, it was Star Trek, you know, we were all going where no one had gone before. There was a few people before us that had taken probably even bigger hit. And also, you know, here I am, I'm signed to a record label that's owned by Jive. I mean, you're talking the era of Backstreet Boys and, 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 and Britney Spears. So what do they care about? Some Christian rapper, white kid from Florida, former youth pastor only sells 20,000 copies. Yeah. I mean, they're doing millions, you know? So I was just caught, caught flat footed. I mean, so it's, just becomes even more of a testimony of just kind of perseverance through the whole thing. I mean, it's to me, you know, I went back and started listening to, you know, like collaborations and started going back through seventh um, Avenue and just yeah. after reading the book, I mean, it just, it's a lot different. It's a lot more awesome to hear this and just the struggle that you went through to even get this to us and, you know, to, to let us enjoy it here. Uh, you know, it just, uh, that's one thing I'm looking, Going, kind of going back to the theme of this here, just loving about this book is just giving that perspective of, you know, it wasn't all rosy. It wasn't all peaches. You know, everybody wasn't running to you, but yet somehow no. you're, you're here and doing what you do in spite of all of that. Yeah. And honestly, when, when it all fell apart, that's the only thing I could go back and hang on to those, those really low moments. You know what I mean? And so I think it was towards the end of the book, you were saying that, you pick stories that, you know, had a purpose, had a direction that had yeah. kind of some closure, you know, had, had meaning, um, yes. you know, so understanding, you know, probably not everything happened the same way, you know, not everything had that tidy little bow or went right the exact same way. But, you know, right. one of the things that stood out to me was it's, it's really striking how even through all the waves and, you know, the crash and burn and everything through, uh, through the industry, through the years, you know, you've centered around a biblical standpoint. You didn't, you know, throw throw shots and verses. You didn't throw shots on social media. You were very yeah. intentional about going and talking to people one on one, and you know, trying to do the biblical thing and yes. resolve issues up front, man to man. Absolutely. Now, I don't want to paint myself as a saint. Oh, trust me, there was plenty of moments where I was. There's a lot worse things I wanted to do. You know what I mean? It's not that you don't have those feelings. It's just what you do with them. 
And, and, and also to your point, you're only hearing the highlight reel. There's, I'm sure just as many stories that I chose to not put in there because there is no resolution. It's just a bad situation. There is nothing to take away from it outside of this sucks and you just have to get on, move on. So I just didn't want it to be, you know, I didn't want a negative taste in there. You know, I just felt that wasn't the way to do it. But yeah, and you had a whole section, you know, relating to, you know, what you called Christian hip hop beef, I think is what it's called. Yes. I'm looking at the, the chapter titles here. Christian rap beef. Christian rap beef. Which such yeah. a sweet little oxymoron, but yes. <laughs> yeah. And just a, Bravo for the use use of beef in an album title or in a <laughs> chapter title. I mean, amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, but you know, there was plenty of it to go around. Like you, you go through that in that chapter that there was plenty of that to go around. And I mean, it sounds like even some of it was kind of out of the middle of nowhere. Uh, the majority of it was. Yeah. Yeah. The majority of it was definitely from, you know, I would, I would just get one sort of thing kind of like resolved or, at least to a semi-healthy place, and then definitely something else happened. You know, it was it was a constant whack-a-mole of putting out fires. Now, I'm not going to say for 20 years it hasn't been that. Like, it's been a nice, peaceful, you know, I would probably say the last 10 years have been pretty event-free, but some of that has to do with, it's like, if you just stay around long enough, people just stop getting, you know, they just kind of, it's like, well, you can't get rid of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Um, and then you kind of get regarded as like the uncle or something like that. Like, you know, you don't mess with him. He's, you know, he's a, he's a made man <laughs> for mafia terms. So is that the next evolution of your name? You know, uncle KJ, I, I you know, I haven't tried. That's what people call me already. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's definitely a thing I get thrown on me, uh, especially <laughs> from the younger generation. And, and I'm totally fine with that. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I'm totally okay. I, I, if there's anything I've learned over the years too, is that however you want to define yourself only goes so far. You're really defined by how people look at you. And, um, you know, Christian rap has always notoriously gone through an identity crisis. Um, but I learned, you know, years ago that you're better off just embracing, embracing what, what they look at you as, you know what I mean? So somehow the start of this, this whole launch of this podcast keeps coming back around to DC talk. You know, a lot of it was, you know, we were on the Jesus Freak cruise, both Kevin and yeah. I were, nice. um, which an amazing time and my wallet's still hurting from it. <laughs> I'm sure I, I went to the first one and just finally got recovered from that. And they announced the second one and well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it amazing to know that a band can do that, right? Like their legacy can be that long. Oh, it was, it was incredible. They had their own crews, you know I mean? Like that's, I think that's the testament of making timeless music. And in a previous episode, you know, I just talked about just how that's such an influence or that just states what an influence they had on the industry as a whole. Um, right. You know, we saw so many artists on the boat that were there just to be there for the cruise. Sure. Um, and so, you know, where I'm heading with this a little bit is there's a whole chapter dedicated to Jesus freak and the crazy ride that you took with that song, both with uh, Tate and uh, Toby Mac. Yeah. Yep. Um, and even to the point of performing Toby's part in front of Toby. 
Right. <laughs> well, I just came back from Camp Electric, and I had to share that story because that's where it happened. And, um, yeah. yeah, I thought the, taste, the space-time continuum was going to open up beneath my feet and yeah. swallow me in, and it'd be like the Spider-Verse. So was he standing over to the side, like with the thumbs up, thumbs down, like waiting, no, he waiting was, for the thumb he to was, turn? No, no, no. Well, it depends which one you're talking about. Because there was one time at Camp Lecture where he brought me on stage. He stood right next to me the whole time. Yeah. I thought he wanted me to hype man. Yeah. And it was it was more like, nah, you, you want to do this long? Go ahead, yeah. do it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, granted, at Camp Electric, you know, for years, he would open up his stage to people to come up, you know, whether it was fans or kids or artists, you know what I mean? So there was, it was part of the spirit of that. This was just a very different level of that. Um, but the other time at the festival, uh, at the, uh, the one festival where I was, there was a, I was a surprise guest. Yes. He was mm-hmm. off to the side, to the side. Mm-hmm. That was a total surprise for the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that's going to say that you've got to do a lot of things, um, have a lot of experiences that you thought, you know, you would never, ever get to be able to do, you know, like do Toby's part in front of Toby. Right. Um, right. You know, and just like, you know, a kid from, you know, that's working in inner city church all the way, you know, going from there all the way up to performing next to Toby, Toby Mack. Yeah. But th- those were, that was more rare. Like it was more, I mean, I, you know, for that year, I rode the wave as the guy that was on the Newsboys version. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like the Toby thing was just kind of a, you know, a funny anecdote in that story. But yeah, yeah I mean, coming out every night on Jesus Freak at Winter Jam to, you know, getting on multiple festivals just to do that verse to, you know, obviously being on the record. You know what I mean? Like, you know. And I guess where I was, crazy I guess where I was heading with that was, you know, not just, you know, for in that particular instance, but just your career as a whole. You yeah. Know, from, you know, like I said, from starting, you know, where you were to, you know, one of the, dare I say, pioneers of the Christian hip hop industry or, you know, one of the, or we'll just um, use uncles. I think, I think, it, well, no, I mean, I think I pioneered certain things, you know what I'm saying? Because it certainly was the first guy through to do some of that stuff, um, which are now sort of commonplace um but listen i'm always one first to say we all stand on the shoulders of those that came before you you know what i'm saying so you know now that we've kind of gone through the book and you know now we're here at this point you know you've released the book you know the the new album as well so uh what's next for you um i've been debating because it's it you know some of these things are just straight up bucket list things you know what i mean like a book certainly was on the docket a long time ago. I just didn't know how to do it. Uh, I've debated on another book. You know, I've had, I have another idea for another book. Um, certainly I have more stories I could tell that would be like what had <laughs> happened was, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, I, to be honest with you, I'm now kind of in a position where, you know, it, it's more about communication, meaning, what does my platform allow me to do? It allows me to communicate. Communicate takes multiple forms. That could be church transition. That could be child advocacy. That could be obviously more music. That could be, you know, other things like other, you know, books. You know what I mean? I'll be honest with you. I'm at a point where it's like, 
you know, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and it's the duty of Kings to search it out. There are things that are very concealed to me right now that I don't know what my next step is. Um, but God has a purpose behind that. Just like he had five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. So it's not like I haven't been here before. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I guess kind of, you know, closing, closing our conversation here, you know, I'm going to completely put you on the spot and I'm okay with this. Um, you know, <laughs> giving you a little bit of an open mic. Is there anything, you know, like book wise or just kind of what you see as the future for, you know, hip hop or the church or anything like that? Um, is there anything that's on your heart that you'd love to share? Um, I told you I was going to put you on the spot. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm a proud, I don't know, older brother that's watching his little brother grow up in front of his face. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily have anything to say because I'm already very excited about stuff. Like coming back from camp electric this year, this is a rock and roll camp that I've been doing for 10 years. Mm-hmm. It was completely dominated by hip hop. Like I didn't see that coming 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And even the kids that I performed for, I didn't have to do anything for the first time in my career. I have to honestly say it's the first time I didn't have to do anything except rap. You know what I mean? Like I've spent most of my career, like let's try it with a little dash of this, you know, it'll go down smooth (laughs) with this. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I just think that's a beautiful thing. I think we're in a great place. Um, sometimes success though can be the worst thing that can happen. So you have to watch out for that too. Um, but I'm excited what God's doing through this genre. I'm excited what God's doing through God's people through the genre. Simple as that. Well, we want to make sure that, we send everybody to your website to grab the book, the music. You said you are all crowdfunded. You are self-funded independent. So yeah, that means you need our help. Of course. And so I'm committing for you that every book that is ordered from this podcast, you're going to individually sign and individually, you know, inscribe in the front of the book, you know, a long verse or something of the sort. <laughs> yes. And Can I'll I write it in you? old English, old English lettering. Calligraphy. Calligraphy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, I won't do that to you, but yeah, you do have autographed copies up on the website, correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, um, go ahead and uh, make sure that you grab your copy. Like it has pictures, guys. It has pictures from (laughs) all the way from when you were little. It's not just words. Yeah. I love pictures. There you go. So, um, at the very end of the book, you say that you hate goodbyes. Yeah. So. I was wondering, instead of a goodbye, can we freestyle it out? <laughs> I'll say what I, how I ended the book, which was, I love you, I appreciate you, and I pray you have a great everything. All right. Well, thank you so much, KJ, for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks, buddy.